Welcome in to another edition of AWA Unleashed, the preeminent and number one podcast dedicated to the American Wrestling Association. Surprise, we're in the same clothes as last week. Yay! Believe it or not, I'm going to let you out on a little secret. Mick Karch, just as we uh, we said, we just cut in half and here we go, right? I mean, I think people, I think they enjoy the, I don't want to say the nonchalant, but just like people sometimes try and be something they're not. It's like, I have to be this super professional. I have to be this, you know, exceptional present. It's like, you're getting us, you're, you're getting us and it's, this is just what we do, right? And it's the goofiness. I know maybe some people don't like it. It's just kind of how we roll. It's how we operate. And I, the reason we cut this in half, we did the last week uh, with the reunion. This week, it's going to be SNR. I didn't want to shortchange people that were going to talk about the reunion. I, I felt like it was important to let people really get the essence of what happened with the reunion. And I also didn't want to shortchange SNR. I really thought that maybe we could have gotten them done in a two for one. But as we we got going, I didn't want to I didn't want to kind of rush through it. So uh, that's why it's as professional as it is. But you know we're we're having fun, and ultimately it's trying to give the fans what they want. Well, two things. First of all, you made a point of of talking about you know it's just us. Now, don't have to be professional. Believe me, people have long since gotten used to our non-professionalism. Yes. You know, and <laughs> so. Well, I mean, that's, it's, I, I just, you and I have both been around people where it's like, you have to present this certain facade. It's like, I have to give you the presentation that everything is hunky-dory and it always goes perfect and there's never any warts and it's, you know, everything has got to be just so. And for me, part of this is just the authenticity. Like, I, I want this to be as authentic and genuine as it can be. Because when, when we were at the reunion, like, it's just, you're talking, like, you're not Mick Karch the announcer. You're Mick Karch the person who happens to be an announcer. Like, what you see is what you get. And when you see us make these decisions on the fly... Like, it's not like, okay, well, we're going to pretend to do this. It's literally, what can we do to make it the best product that we can? And this is, this I, is I it. Would, uh, I, I would just request something before we talk about SNR. At the end yeah. of the show, uh -huh. uh, last time, you said something. You said, we're going to cut the stream. And unfortunately, I went and placed a call to my urologist immediately afterward because I thought, something's something's wrong here uh you know if if the stream is being cut uh shit we're we're you know anyway uh moving right along i'll wait for the applause to die down and the drum rolls and the rim shots and everything else um yeah let, okay all right yeah let's move ahead um yeah. by the way you guys were uh we're getting a little bit closer to christmas so naturally you see uh soda stick co uh com you can get your AWA hoodies, your personalized hoodies. You can get it black and white with your name on the inside. It is so cool. I love it. And uh, by the way, uh, I have it here again. It is the black and white. Shout out to uh, Landon who was at the reunion. These uh, things are now available on uh, sodastickco.com because you know some people, I don't like the white. I totally understand that. Uh, black and white soda stick co.com use the promo code unleashed for 15% off. Uh, also a seventh Avenue pizza. want to thank them as well for making this possible. Uh, you guys, if you're looking for, if you can't find it, let me know because I know I've had people uh, in the Eastern Metro that are like, Hey, I can't find it. Where's it at? Let me know if you find it, you know, in the, you know, Oakdale or, and I guess, you know, maybe if it's, you know, not outside the Metro, um, you can go to 7thAvenuePizza.com. You can order it, and they'll ship it to you. If you're in the metro and you're looking for it and you can't find it, uh, let us know in the comments. Or if you have found it, let us know. Because uh, like in the Stillwater, Oakdale, uh, Matamida area, uh, we got some folks that are looking for it over there. Uh, okay, Mick, SNR. Um, 
I know this is one of the things that people remember you most for is Saturday night at ringside. So kind of take me through the genesis of this and like the whole concept of SNR. When were you presented or when did you first start hearing about this idea for this Saturday night wrestling show? Times are approximate um, because first of all, it was a long time ago. Uh, secondly, you know, I, you know, um, well, make it I up, had, make it, make I it had, up. I had just, uh, left the, well, I was about to leave the AWA. Um, so this would have been probably January, February of 1988. And, uh, Paul Heyman of all people, uh, who had been working for the AWA, uh, at the same time that I was there, uh, knew I was leaving. And uh, actually, Paul was not going to be long for the AWA either. And he was very close friends with Joe Pettisino and Bonnie Blackstone down in Atlanta. And they had a uh, wrestling block. I don't know how many hours, how many shows they had back to back. But Paul called me and he said, hey, I got a maybe opportunity here for you. Uh, Joe and Bonnie are involved in this and channel 23 up here in the twin cities is thinking about doing the same thing. And they're thinking about, it started out as a Saturday morning block idea. And, uh, Paul said, you know what, they're looking for somebody to do wraparounds. And, you know, for those who are in the business, you kind of get that, but it's like one show starts, you intro it, mm -hmm. close it out, intro the second show, boom, boom, boom. And they said, why don't, uh, Paul said, why don't you call Joe and he'll set up an interview for you. So I called Joe Pettisino. He kind of explained his, uh, what they were going to be doing. And they were doing, uh, going to be doing the wrestling block up in the, in the state of Minnesota. Well, he set up an interview with uh, Mary O'Neill, her name was, at KTMA TV, uh, to go down and audition to be the host of the show. So I did, and again, this is probably, God, I don't know, February of 1988, I guess. Okay. And I go down there, you know, they got the studio set up, and they, you know, really primitive. We'll show a picture of that in a second, but um, it was it was basically the, the audition, and old cardboard cutout here, you know, is, is standing there, you know, in his, in his suit, and, you know, looking all prim and proper, mm -hmm. and, and basically they just said, wing it. You know, you, you know wrestling, wing it, uh, close out one show, introduce the other show. So I did that. So did you, were you told like what show to, to yeah. introduce? So, okay. So you weren't just like picking some random show right. with random. Okay. So they kind of told you, this is what we have. We're coming out of, this is what we're going into. You right. make that transition. Yeah. Their okay. two flagship shows were world-class and NWA worldwide at the time. Okay. And, uh, you know, it kind of expanded after that, but that was basically it, you know, introduce world class, close it out, introduce NWA worldwide, close it out and say goodnight to everybody. So it was going to be a total of, you know, a minute or two minutes of airtime. Mm -hmm. Go down there. I, you know, I did it and probably three, four weeks later, you know, I got the call and uh, they said, well, you know, we had a few people that, uh, you know, auditioned for the part, but we like what you do. And uh, would you like to be the host of SNR? I, absolutely. And um, that was that was kind of how it started. So I, I have Paul E. and the late uh, Joe Pettisino mm -hmm. and uh, Bonnie Blackstone to to thank for it. So you get this call and... So you, how long did you have to audition for before the show actually became a reality? Was there like a, uh, a, you know, was it the next week or was it like a couple of weeks or a month or how, how long between the time that you auditioned and that it became a reality? I think a couple of weeks later, okay. uh, you know, they basically, they, they wanted to get this show on the road and now it had transitioned from a Saturday morning wrestling block. Mm -hmm. Now they're talking about doing Saturday night. You know, and they said, you know, we're going to call it Saturday night at ringside. Well, you know, my first thought was, 
Well, that could be boxing, could be wrestling, could be, you know, anything. I didn't really like the title, uh, Saturday Night of Rings. I would have gone with more of a wrestling theme, um, but they were in charge. And, uh, you know, did you have have any creative input at that point or were you just were you a talent and an announcer only? At that point, I I was uh, I was seen and not heard. Uh, and heard and not seen, I, you know, getting my feet wet. And so I didn't really say anything from a creative standpoint. After okay. we had been on the air for not that long, I approached the producer and I said, how about these ideas? You know, why don't we do a, let's bring in a fan of the week. You know, we'll call it Ringsider of the Week. Hey, good idea. You know, so we'll give them a, we'll give them a five minute segment. Well, then it was, can I do a, a wrestling news, a, a weekly wrestling update? Five minutes. Oh, yeah, you know, take your five minutes. Well, it got to be the ringsider of the week, the weekly wrestling news and update, trivia. Uh, we would have, you know, have the, the guys in studio from the local uh, wrestling scene doing angles and what have you. Uh, and then I would also finish it up with, uh, what we called the video vault, which was an old video clip taking a look at the old AWA or whatever it was. So what started out as just doing the wraparounds became a total of 30 minutes for me during the wrestling block that they they spaced it out. And uh, okay. as far as creative control, they never batted an eye. I mean, the only the only time they questioned anything with me Mm-hmm. Uh, one time I said, how about a little blood in the studio? No, they, they did not want to do that. Um, you know, what was capa- what, 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 what was capacity in the studio? Like in terms of like fan on, you know what it, it, we only did like two live events in the studio. I mean, right. it was your typical studio, typical TV know. studio. Yeah, the SNR backdrop, you know, just what you would find, you know, all the equipment around you and everything else. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, they had built up this little SNR uh, prop stage and what have you. Um, but it, I mean, it, it it took off so fast, Chris. That mm-hmm. was the thing about it. And the, the the amazing thing is not only because they gave me this creative leverage and you know, yeah, leeway. No other wrestling show in the country was doing that and not even Petacino's wrestling block because we were involving the fans. Now you could write a letter and I would answer it on the air. You could come in and you could say hi to all your friends at the high school that you go to. Yeah. Um, so we, it was the first fan involved. Fan friendly. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, and I think, and I think that's important, Mick, because you talk about how you want to differentiate yourself and how you want to be different from everybody else. You have to find something that is so unique to you. And SNR sounds like you, you, you took this base idea and you wanted to make it just special to something that you had that nobody else was doing. And you kind of had a feeling that it would work were there was there any and before we get to the pictures there i want to ask you one more question was there any hesit there there was no hesitation from them when you're like hey i want to expand into ringside or i want to do this like they were just they were all about allowing you to expand in a little segments or bits you have to remember channel 23 at the time it you know was a local independent station mm-hmm and, you know, they would show me the, the ratings, the quarter hour, and so on and so forth. And what was happening was that my localized segments were getting the big ratings. Yeah. That's when people, you know, it, because you had your TV shows. I mean, you had World Class, you had Global, you had NWA Worldwide, Pro Wrestling This Week, POW. I mean, we just endless, Windy City, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So wrestling fans could get the syndicated TV shows. But all of a sudden, it really steamrolled with the, the local segments. Hey, I want to be on SNR. You know, they would send in a letter. Here's my favorite wrestler. How can I be on the air? Did, did they take this to advertisers, too? Because, I mean, 
I'd have to imagine that advertisers would be frothing at the mouth if they find out that all of a sudden this little wrestling thing is all of a sudden starting to pick up a lot of steam. They, they did take it to advertisers and uh, we did really well. And I think the proof Good. is in the pudding. And, you know, obviously we'll, we'll get to the uh, end run eventually, but yeah. we're on the air for four years at a, uh, a local independent station um, on a Saturday night you know, which is, you know, crowded night for television. You know, you got a lot of options. And back then, you know, HBO was starting to blossom yeah. and everything else. So we had a lot of competition. But you're on the air for four years, 200 shows, you're doing something right. Yeah. And, uh, and, yes. So there you go. And you're, you're, you're so unique. So let's, your first night, kind of, you, you walk in, what are you feeling going into your, your very first show? at SNR. Uh, and I mean, do you, do you remember a, a lot of the details, kind of how you were feeling and kind of take me through that very, very first night? I don't remember a thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously. Good talk. Uh, moving on. It, you know, it, it, was, <laughs> it was so, it was such primitive setup at the time, yeah. you know, and uh, we were at a studio in Northeast Minneapolis uh, prior to, you know, about a year later, we moved out to, uh, to St. Paul across from the fairgrounds. Uh, Minnesota State Fairgrounds, but uh, early SNR again. All I'm doing is these wraparounds, and there. Oh, look at that! Who's that guy with the dark hair? Good God! Um, Thirty-four. God, so old is black and white. It's black and white. I don't even. I, I don't remember really, black I'm and white. Sure there was any any camera there? Um, <laughs> but th there you see the the camera, and that was it. I mean, that's the SNR backdrop back then, and uh, it was just. Uh, opening and closing the shows. And so what did I feel the first? I Obviously, I was nervous, but that was it. It was the one night of being on edge. Mm -hmm. After that, you know, I'm not, not to put myself over it. It's what I did. You know, it, it's what I do. I had yeah. done that kind of thing a thousand times in my head over the years, you know, and it's like a guy who, you know, becomes a professional wrestler. Yeah, he wants to tweak it and get the training, yeah. but he's had those matches in his head for so many years. So I, I was ready. How much work how much work went into every show? Did you did you have any help writing any of these segments? Or was this it was all you like you were in charge of everything in terms of prepping and I, I, I assume you probably had a floor director that was timing you out and making sure that you hit your marks. Yeah, and, and basically, you know, as far as the syndicated shows, Chris, they would uh, bicycle the videotapes to me on a on a, uh, a Wednesday uh, for me to preview. They would send them out to my house, whether it was World Class or NWA Worldwide. You know, it, if something happened on the show on Worldwide to address, that's great. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I kind of skimmed through the shows um, and then went in and, and did the, the wraparounds. Um there you see, that's uh, that's when we moved to the, the newer studio in St. Paul, and that's the late, great Buddy Wolf. And Buddy was one of my favorite guests. I'd known Buddy uh, from his days in the AWA, just a, a terrific guy. Uh, but to your point about uh, writing the stuff, 100% me. And, and okay. sometimes it was great. Other times I would watch it on a Saturday night. We taped it on a Thursday. Mm -hmm. Typically took about 45 minutes to tape. And then I'd watch it on Saturday night. Sometimes I would just be, God, yeah, we nailed it. And then other times I'd think, what in the hell were you thinking? You know, well, that certainly went out like a fart in church, you know. And uh, yeah, but uh, so I was responsible, hit or miss. So when you're getting these tapes on Wednesday and they're not supposed to air till saturday i mean were you told that hey we're going to give you exclusive rights so you did you watch every show did you just watch parts of it i mean how much of these tapes did you watch ahead of time to make sure that you could you could make sure that you had everything ready to go i i skimmed through them uh you know or if i knew that there was going to be an angle to talk about okay. and that's what i would do you know i kind of watch the tapes and get to the point where they had their blow-off match or their angle or whatever. So at the beginning of SNR, after I introduced, you know, the show, I would say, you know, tonight on, on uh, 
NWA Worldwide, you're going to get a look at a very hot Barry Windham. You know, I, I would kind of pick out whatever the, the main talking point was going to be for the show. But otherwise, you know, as far as the squash matches or what have you, uh, if it was insignificant, I I just skimmed through it. Did, did any of the promotions that you worked with, and I want to ask you about what promotions you did, did they ever get wind of what you were doing and, and say, hey, we want you to talk more about, you know, our, our Flair Wyndham thing, or, you know, we want you to talk about, you know, more of the, the you know, Freebirds and Eddie Gilbert here. Did they, did, did they kind of tell you what direction to go once they found out that you were working with them and you were talking about their product? Not really. Uh, you know, they, they kind of left it up to me. You know, uh, uh, Channel 23 was broadcast television. You know, and uh, the stations, I believe, had a barter system. Uh, okay. Going and kind of explain a barter for those that may barter know. system is basically, you know, the uh, Channel 23 will air the show uh, and then sell like 12, 15 minutes of advertising. Uh, and, and that's how they made their money, mm -hmm. the TV station. And then, of course, this is almost an infomercial for NWA Worldwide or, you know, that type of thing. So, um had a terrific working relationship uh, with them, more so with NWA, because World Class was not running any shows here, obviously. USWA yeah. wasn't, but NWA would come in periodically. Right, World World Class based out of Dallas and USWA out of Memphis. Yes, yep. And and uh, so the NWA, when they would run shows, you know, at the uh, Roy Wilkins Auditorium or whatever, the Met Center, um, they were very cordial. And they would let me in the back to do the interviews and so on and so forth. Uh, but as far as direction, no, they knew that there were shows airing. They knew it was part of a wrestling block. Mm -hmm. uh, there was only one promotion that, uh, for some reason or other, did not want to work with uh, Saturday Night at Ringside. And I'll, I'll let, leave it to you to figure out who that was. Mm. Uh, no, nothing, 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 nothing comes to mind. So what? So what was it? NWA? Like who else worked with you in terms of allowing you to be able to use their footage? NWA, as he said, uh, world class. Uh, Windy City Wrestling out of Chicago. Okay. Uh, with my buddy Sammy DeCiro. I believe we had some Eddie Sharkey PWA action at the time. Uh, pro wrestling this week with Joe Petticino because Joe again was the impetus behind the whole thing. Uh, we had the Powerful Women of Wrestling uh, promotion, POW, uh, as part of the lineup. Uh, I don't know you know, who else I'm, I'm forgetting, but um, we had cooperation with just about everybody. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we're taking a look at some of the memories of SNR. Honest to God, I get teary-eyed at, at some of this stuff because not only are a lot of the guys gone, but a uh, long time ago. That was... Uh, the Saturday Night at Ringside second anniversary special. So that would have been uh, in 1990, March or April of 1990. And Mad Dog Vachon, uh came in from his home in Omaha, Nebraska uh, to be on the show. I contacted the dog and I said, hey, if we pay, if the station pays your trans or whatever, can you come up and do this? He said, no, my friend, you don't have to worry about anything. You know, I'll... I'll I'll pay my own way. I'll get a ride up there. And that was the first time that I had met the dog. Uh, and I, <laughs> talk about a wonderful, wonderful individual. I, he was just extraordinary. That's one of the all-time highlights was interviewing the dog. So it's Saturday night at ringside. And I know we're kind of jumping around here. Uh, did you... Was it always live? Was there ever a time where you felt like maybe it was going to be recorded or would it only work if you were able to do it in studio the day of? You know, as I said, we taped it on Thursday. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yep. No, that's fine. We, we taped it on Thursday and I, you know, I got to say 90% of the time, Chris, it was one take. Okay. Uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of redos, uh, which is, Great, I managed to hit my mark, you know, more times than not, which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but the producers were so great. Uh, Tom Freeman, uh, my floor director, uh, I would go in there and, and these poor guys would have to, like you do kind of, have to slap the graphics together 
at 4.30 on a Thursday afternoon, and here we're taping at 5.15, 5.30. And, you know, I would have the, the rundown and the format. I would give them ahead of time, but if all of a sudden there was a no-show or I wanted to get have them get in a video clip at the last minute, mm-hmm. never batted an eye. They were the greatest team to work with. Um, so, yeah, through the magic of television, you know, it's, it's like it, it's interesting because I saw Jesse Ventura one time on a Saturday night at, at a fundraiser when he was running for governor. And, and Jesse says, what are you doing here? How come you aren't you supposed to be doing your TV show? <laughs> so everybody thought yeah. it was live, but we had taped it on the Thursday. OK, see, and, and I guess it, it just it came up. And I guess that's when you're doing something right that people because in media, like if you're not there and it's already in the can, as they say, and it's there ready to go and you can't tell that is a hard thing to do because a lot of people can pick up on if something's recorded or not. And I got to be honest, like to me, it, it, it felt live. So I guess that's on me. That's where I felt like it was live. And if you had said it, that it was recorded. I, I mean, I must've, I must've obviously missed it. So regarding some of your more memorable moments, you said, you know, having mad dog, in studio was it a hard pitch to get some of these guys to come in for this and be guests or you know we'll get to angles and stories here in a minute but in terms of just having people in the studio was it hard to convince them to come in and be a part of this new idea no um it it really wasn't for the most part what had happened chris is that so much of SNR evolved into putting over Eddie Sharkey's promotion. Uh, the PWA, yep. Yep, Pro Wrestling America. And, you know, th- there were other independents that we put over as well. Uh, but Eddie really understood the value of television. And he was the only promotion that was running consistently every month. So it, it kind of got to be a hand-in-glove operation with SNR and, and PWA. So Eddie was always, oh, you know, I'd get the phone call. Who are we going to get on this week? I want to send the hater down. I want to yeah. send Ridley Morris down. Um, Tommy Ferrara, you know, we got Adam on this week, but then he's going to be out of town. And, you know, what can we do? And to Eddie's credit, and, and God love him, you know, I, I would say, hey, you know what? What's the main event? Let's do this. You know, as far as an angle or a storyline, and Eddie was all over it. because So he was, so he was okay with a, an angle or something – advancing a story happening inside of the television studio. Oh, absolutely. How did the TV execs feel about that? Like, like, I mean, were they concerned that something might happen where some of the equipment would be damaged or are they, are they they letting everything, everything was pretty self-contained. Okay. And, uh, you know, only a couple of times did we even stray off of, you know, keeping the, the, the camera focused. And, you know, uh, I know one time uh, the late T Joe Khan. Uh, delivered a uh, a DDT to a local wrestler, Tommy Ferrara, you know, in front of our set. There was the infamous, you know, Adnan LKC hitting the, the watermelon and having his uh, his precious heirloom sword uh, breaking. Uh, T. Joe Khan, again, you know, took the SNR logo, this big six-foot wood logo, uh, off, the, off its uh, moorings and, you know, walked off with it. Uh, for the most part, everything was really self-contained, though. So the station really didn't worry about it. it, it it's funny, Chris, that <laughs> they just didn't know. I, I don't think that it was that they weren't paying attention. Yeah. I think we would have done something that would have been outrageous and really not good. Uh, they would have been a little, a little nervous. No news uh, is good news in that sense. Yeah, and, and I can tell you the only time that SNR got any mail that was really like, uh uh-oh, we did an angle with Tommy Ferrara, who was a legitimate Vietnam vet, and the Golden Idol, and, you know, the the Idol's uh, henchman. And Idol came on and basically was berating Tommy Ferrara for um, his service in Vietnam, Tommy was actually wounded in Vietnam and Idol, you know, as part of the storyline made light of it. And, you know, you guys lost the war and blah, 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 blah. And we got some mail and some of it was not very nice. 
and a lot of it was directed at the Golden Idol. So we kind of quickly, you know, kind of soft soaped mm -hmm. from that point on what we talked about. So it was, uh, yeah, but, but for the most part, everything was self-contained and really safe, and we just did what we could do. Okay. Kind of take me through some of your favorite guests and some of your most memorable moments that you had in terms of just people being a part of the show that you brought in. Well, you know, and, and probably the, the, the pictures would help, you know, somewhat along those lines. But um, as far as the most memorable guests, it's it's an endless list. The most memorable night had to be the second anniversary special. And that was the one we alluded to a couple of uh, minutes ago with, with Mad Dog. Uh, Mad Dog came in. Uh, Baron Von Raschke was there. Uh, Stan Crusher Kowalski, Larry Hennig, Al Darusha. Uh, we had brought in uh, Butch Levy, uh, the late Butch Levy, who was a former uh, Golden Gopher football player, along with Vern Gagne, and became a, a wrestling champion in his own right. Uh, Wally Carbo, of course. And what was great about this night, Chris, is, is it, again, I'd done this for 30 years at that point. There's uh, Larry Hennig and Wally Carbine, and honest to God, I love that picture. You talk about the essence of the AWA and for all their back and forth over the years, you know, with Larry Renton and Raven about Carbo, um, they loved each other. And uh, so to be able to bring those guys in, and what was great, people didn't see it, but after the show was over, we went out to eat. A uh, little Italian restaurant, not that far from the studio. And I'm a kid in the candy store because I'm sitting with these guys, my heroes from my youth. And people in the restaurant immediately are gravitating to these guys. A lot of them hadn't been on television in years. There's Wally and Mad Dog Vashon. And again, you know, it, it's just, I honestly get choked up because that is, again, the essence of the AWA. All those years that Mad Dog went out, you know, spitting and huffing and puffing and carbo, you know, you can't force me to wrestle for Gagne, you know, and, oh, you're going to get in the ring, whether you like it or not. You know, and it was uh, to have them in the studio and they hadn't seen each other in a long time. You know, Mad Dog was uh, victimized by a hit and run accident. Uh, in Iowa and uh, unfortunately had his leg amputated. So it had been a while since Wally and Maurice had connected and to see them uh, greet each other in the studio, it was absolutely the most memorable, memorable night of them all. I, I absolutely loved it. And of course, at the very end of that show, Baron Von Raschke did a walk-on or a, you know, a, a stomp-on as it may be. And I was interviewing the dog and there's a great shot. I'll talk about that in just a minute. But the Baron came out, and as we're wrapping up the show, the Baron says how great it is to see you, Mad Dog. And as soon as this show is over, we're going to enter a three-legged race. Now, only the Baron could get away with saying something like that. And again, it was the camaraderie, and you knew they loved each other. And I love this picture because I believe this is about – 1991, 92-ish, and that is uh, the Baron and the dog, of course, mm -hmm. and that's my son, Brett, and I believe he was about uh, four years old at the time, maybe a little older, six, seven years old, and that was at a live event uh, at uh, St. Anthony Shopping Center, and just to see the dog and the Baron back kind of out of character back then, uh, I know I show this to my kid all the time, and he's just like, blown away by it but uh, well, i mean what was it was it taboo at that point or had they just gotten to the point where you know they knew that they could let their guard down at this point because i mean at that i mean we were still kind of in that that kayfabe era i mean that's what they grew up with that's what they did yeah you, you got to remember that at that time with the dog having retired mm -hmm. uh they weren't teaming up anymore yeah. and this you know, it, it was always so casual with me when I would do an interview, even with the dog or the Baron, you know, I, I kind of hammed it up and they love that stuff. You know, they love not having to, if they weren't pushing an angle 
and they could just come out and be themselves and have fun and joke. It was like a respite to them. And, and that's what I wanted to present. I always walked a fine line. We talked about this before on SNR between, all right, this is a different era in wrestling. People know what's going on now. I'm not going to insult anybody's intelligence, but I'm yeah. not going to give away the store. Yeah. So it, you always, always walk in that tightrope. And you, you mentioned, you know, your son, you know, and, and that picture, I, I want to ask before we get to a couple more pictures, when did your kids realize that their dad was somebody that did you get recognized out in, in public a lot? I mean, did people stop and be like, Oh, you're Mick Karch from SNR. I mean, did you, okay. I, I mean, how did your kids feel about that when they found out that their dad was somebody that a lot of people knew? They still don't know. Oh no. I actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my son was a little bit older and he got a kick out of it. You know, my daughter was a little bit younger than back, you know, she was probably four years old. But yeah, I mean, we, we would get stopped, you know, at a, you know, the local Burger King or walking down the street or, you know, Walgreens or whatever. And people would say, hey, love your show. Mm-hmm. You know, can you get an audio. And, and they were, they were pleased. I mean, they were, they were amused by it. And as time went on, you know, they got it and they yeah. understood the, the impact that the old man was making. So they were, they were pleased. Okay. I, I'm just always curious when, you know, when you're out there and you're kind of somebody that is in the public eye and you know, you're, you're doing things with your family, but yet, you know, you, you, you're doing your thing, but yet people are out there and they recognize you and, you know, they, they want to approach you, but yet they don't want to infringe on, you know, your personal time and what you're doing with your family. So, well, you know, and, and with me, Chris, I always, uh, I wanted to be approachable. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I'm not putting myself over. I know how I felt as a fan if a wrestler would, you know, give me the old snub job. You know, you feel terrible. Somebody wants to take the time and come up to me and say, I love your show. I you think know, that's important. Yeah. Pressure, I'm going to answer. I could put my whopper down for a half a minute and, you know, put the tomato juice, you know, off <laughs> my you know, answer a question. You know, it, it's the least I could do. Yeah. So uh, along with SNR, you're out there and you know you're on tv but how much were you still involved with being uh out with other promotions and you know being out and about with people and ring announcing and you know kind of attending these live events along with being saturday night at ringside host i know i'm gonna forget somebody and so i can't do the alphabet soup of the the promotional you know promotional initials back in the day but I worked with uh, Jim Mitchell, the Iron Duke, uh, had a promotion uh, back in the day. And, of course, we've mentioned Eddie Sharkey. And uh, my friends uh, Sterling and, and uh, Jerry, Sterling Nolan and Jerry Anderson, late Jerry Anderson, had French Lake Wrestling Association. Uh, I worked with a lot of them. That is a shot, and I'm going to guess that's probably 1989, 90-ish. And that's my old friend, uh, Ray Webby, the late Ray Webby, who was uh, a journalist, sportscaster. I mean, everybody knew Ray on the local wrestling scene. And we were doing a live event that was called Wrestle for Shelter. And that was a, a benefit for the homeless. That particular uh, event was at Loring Park, did a couple of times out there uh, where all the money went to, uh, you know, to benefit the homeless and, you know, help them with their plight. Uh, we did a couple of live events, uh, you know, for charity. I know that uh, SNR at one time early on had me go on the uh, the good Goodwill Easter Seals telethon for them um, and, and promote, you know, th- that charity. That is a live event that we did. And I'm going to guess this is this is probably summer 1988. And that was at Wyndham Park in northeast Minneapolis which was kind of a hop, skip, and a jump from the TV studios. Uh, again, this is a neighborhood function. Uh, wanted people to come out and, and mm-hmm. support their, their neighborhood and their businesses. So SNR took it on the road there. And uh, I always loved that. I loved doing the live event stuff and having the people right there. So good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a great one because I, I see this, Mick, and I see all of the kids around you, right? And I feel like, 
when you're doing something like that, the people that I feel really want to be the most involved are the kids because there are the ones that, that no, not there. They are the ones that I feel can just bring that natural unfiltered energy and they let you hear it and they let you feel it. And to me, when I saw that picture, when you sent me that picture, I just, I mean, you've got so many of these great pictures that we we've hit and we still got a few more that we're going to put up here uh, momentarily, but just to be around that energy was uh, again, to go out and be a part of these events and representing SNR and the station. Was that something that was hard to get through management or were you just like, Hey, I think it'd be a good idea if we went out and we kind of got a little bit more involved in the community. They loved it. Uh, management absolutely loved it. And, uh, and, and so did we, you know, we love the interaction with people. You know, you made a good point, Chris, about the energy. And I've always loved the live events, you know, whether it was SNR or doing, you know, from a steel domain or whoever, when you, when you turn on the camera and you say to the people, Hey, we're going to be taping for television. Let's make a lot of noise. Well, oh, I got, when yeah. you had those kids there, you didn't have to tell them twice. You're going to be <laughs> yeah, on they television. Do. So when you see that man go three, two, one, you start screaming. And, you know, they were all over it. This is again at Wyndham Park. And my God, what a what a memory this is. Uh, on the left, that is Wild Bill Irwin. And on the right, that is the lightning kid uh, back in the day, Sean Waltman. And they were teaming up. Uh, that particular afternoon at Wyndham Park. And again, the, the live event. And a look at those pictures. And I don't know how old Sean Walton was back there. I don't think he was 20 years old back then and probably 160 mm -hmm. pounds dripping wet. Um, when, I, when I talk about SNR and I, I, I talk about it so fondly, it's like everything comes back. Boom, 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 just like that. And then you think, my God, this was three and a half decades ago. And it, you know, it just will never be repeated. There's another shot. That's a great shot. Yeah, there, there's Sean Waldman. Uh, Sean, of course, had a, a running feud with Jerry Lynn uh, back in the day, and we promoted that heavily on SNR. And that's uh, Sean giving his buddy uh, Slick Mick a little, uh, little, little hug, uh, a little more than a hug, a little squeeze. He almost took that dead <laughs> caterpillar mustache of mine. And uh, <laughs> popped it right off my uh, right off my nose. Let alone those glasses that look like I'm, you know, Rocky the Flying Squirrel. But yeah, uh, be, be, yeah. Between that and Sean's hair and the uh, and the denim wash jeans, I mean, that is the epitome of the early '90s, right there. I mean, I well, look at the fanny pack. Look at Walton's uh, fanny well, pack. Well, I didn't want to mention the fanny pack. Yeah. But the fanny the, the fanny pack fanny pack fanny pack's pretty solid, right there. Absolutely. I, I mean, Waldman could do that with a fanny pack. With me, uh, I tried wearing a fanny pack, and, and you know, sadly, my stomach always hung over it. So you yeah, you need me. fanny packs. You need pork. yeah, exactly. Well, I, I had my own built-in fanny packs. <laughs> you need but, the extension. Uh, I and by the way, I can't say enough good things about Sean Waldman. You know, here we are, all these years later, and he's he's one of my biggest supporters, mm -hmm. biggest fans, and uh, I love Sean. All right, so. Kind of take me through when did you know like SNR was at its height and when did you feel because like all good things must come to an end. Um, when did you feel like SNR was at its peak and then I want you to kind of take me through kind of how it ran its course and how you know how it ended. Well, we did that anniversary special, as I said, in 1990. And that was number two, right? That was number two. And okay. we actually did a third anniversary special, too, in uh, in 1991. I, I think we were peaking at that point. The ratings were, were pretty steady. Uh, there was no real fluctuation. We were still working with WCW at the time or the NWA. They were running some shows right. up here with Ron Simmons and Rick Rude and Steve Austin and, you know. Um, so was it was it still just PWA and WCW 
were the, were those the two that you were that were willing to work with you? Yeah, I mean, we were working with the PWA still consistently, WCW, because they were running in town here. Uh, they were still working with us. The, the SNR, the entire block had kind of dwindled because Windy City, their syndication kind of went by the wayside and a couple of the others, Pro Wrestling This Week and POW. So we were down to um, USWA Global and okay. also uh, NWA. So at, uh, your, so, so, so at your height... How many different promotions were you working with? Oh boy, I, it's got to be you know four, five, six. You know, okay. we had about. I think at one point we were peaking at about a four and a half to five hour uh, block on wow. Saturday nights, which is pretty damn good. Um, so we were peaking, and I thought we were going to be there a long time. Well, late '91, start getting some rumblings that the station is on the the uh, sale block. Well, you never know what's going to happen, you know, whether it's radio or TV and mm -hmm. you know, it, Chris being a part of the business and more so, I guess, in radio uh, where they can change format, boom, overnight, you know, you're a rock station at midnight and then at 1230 or a country station. Um, but we got word that SNR was eh, kind of being looked at because the new, management team that was offering to buy channel 23 ktma uh was owned by linda brooke and linda had a reputation in local media she had been at carrie levin kind of a controversial figure um won't go into the political you know leanings or whatever but um let, let's just say linda was very conservative and okay. so when we heard that snr might be on the block because of this conservative group coming in and taking over the station. Got a little nervous, but about a month before they actually made the buyout, I sat with Linda Brooke and a couple of the people that were representing her. And basically they were saying, you know, so explain this wrestling thing to us. Isn't it kind of violent? I said, well, yeah, but... And I, I, I explained the butt about wrestling violence. So you kind of had to let her peek behind the curtain. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Just, you know, just in, in, in order to really explain the product properly and say that it's not this evil, demonic thing that maybe the perception was. That's exactly right. Okay. You know, and, and I also, I was selling the show in terms of the community involvement. Yep. You know, in our ratings and how many pieces of mail we were getting every week. And we had been on for four years. And, you know, so I'm selling it and I'm putting it over, you know, and there again, kind of going back to the violence part of it. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's look at the lineup, you know, the untouchables and this and this and this show and on that show. And I said, a lot more violent than the stuff that, you know, we're putting on. Well, they seem to be pretty impressed. You know, and okay, well, thank you very much. Don't hear anything for about three, four weeks. And it comes time for show number 200, 200th episode. And I got everything scripted out and I'm going to come to the TV studio. And I, again, I hadn't heard anything from Linda Brooke and company. And I got a phone call that afternoon from Tom Freeman, my floor director. And Tom says, I got to clue you into something. This is going to be the last SNR. They're not. They're not bringing SNR back. Well, you know, I got hit with the dumb, dumb bullet. You know, right in the sternum, and uh, I was speechless for a minute. And then Tom said, "Listen, you got to be professional about this. Come in, do the show. If you got to tweak it a little bit, do so." Uh, but if you say anything negative about the group, you know, we're taping this on Thursday. The show will never see the light of day. Yeah, it'll it'll go into the abyss. So, I mean, when you you hear that and you said it kind of, you know, hit you in the sternum. Did that th thought ever cross your mind to just bury it? If nothing else, it would be cathartic for you and you could let it even though you knew it wouldn't air did that ever cross your mind for you to just unload just to get it off your chest yeah 
Of, of course it did. I mean, it, you know, my initial reaction, I was just like furious. It's like, how? Do, why did you deceive me? Why did you lead me to believe that we were still going to be a part of this lineup? Why are you doing this on the 200 show? This is kind of an epic deal for us. Yeah, I was I was pretty livid. Um, and, and when I got to the studio that day, I will remember this. I saw Linda Brooke a couple of times walking in the hallway back. She would not make eye contact. You know, it was not, hey, thank you for your service. Thank you for so much for doing this. Sorry we had to do this. We're going in a different direction. She wouldn't even make eye Those contact. are the worst. Like the, the, the chicken shit managers yeah. that don't have the stones to say anything to you. Yeah. yeah, and there are a lot of them out there in this business, but okay, yeah. So, well, so, sorry. It, so just Chris, it's it's in any business, but uh, again, you know, and and what was so bullshit about this is they're talking about the SNR and the violence and everything else. This is what they're mm -hmm. telling me why we can't have you on the air. And I see that their lineup now they're going towards a religious programming now, and they changed it to Sunlight Television. S-O-N-L-I-G-H-T, Sunlight TV for the religious connotation. And their ratings tanked. You know, all these family-oriented TV shows, the ratings were not doing mm -hmm. very, very well, so they went back to carrying the shoot-em-ups, the old westerns, the old, uh, you know, FBI shows, whatever. All of a sudden, it was okay to air that violent stuff again did, did, did they i mean were you still doing good advertising at that time because because it's all about the money at the end of the day it's all about the money if, if your show is bringing in advertising revenue a lot of times they can look the other way so it, it just i can't get my mind wrapped around the fact that if you're bringing in good revenue they're going to basically eliminate that because they want to switch formats here's I thought we were bringing in good revenue. The yeah. ad guys that I talked to at the TV station thought we were bringing in good revenue. Um, and again, mind you, I'm getting the story that this is why we're taking you off. The sure. Air. Yeah. Well, yeah. some some fan that I know sent in a letter, and believe me, there were I I think I at the post office box I got five six hundred letters the week that SNR went off the air. People just furious. How can we bring this back? I knew in my heart of hearts it wasn't coming back. You know, they had made this decision. And so then somebody sends a letter to Linda Brooke and said, why did you take SNR off the air? Well, now she's talking dollars and cents. And she sends them this cold response, not thank you for watching. We hope you continue to watch our... Well, you know, SNR is the really the only live production or the only production in-house that we do outside of syndicated TV shows, this is how much it costs us to produce SNR. This is how much revenue we take in. It's not a money-making deal for us. Goodbye. Um, pretty cold and heartless shit. Uh, but again, you know, it, it's bottom line, bottom dollar. Okay, yeah. you're going to be a business person. I, I cannot imagine that it costs them that much money to run SNR. No, and, and, any, and anybody can anybody can put any dollar amount out. If it was really costing them that much money, you would have been off the air a whole lot earlier than Absol that. If you were if Absol you were a black hole. Yep, that's you know? you're absolutely right. And you know the guy that ran the uh, ran the station KTMA. You know we don't need to belabor everybody with all the you know no, no, the no, facts no. and figures, no. but. Uh, his name was Donald O'Connor, not to be confused with the, uh, you know, the movie actor and, and singer Donald Donald O'Connor. Or the first but, Pat, the first champion Pat O'Connor. Yeah, or the, the first. Yeah. There. Um, but I knew they were in financial trouble, the station, when Linda Brooke was, was kind of approaching them. But as you said, if they're losing money on SNR if, and if the station is in trouble, they're going to ax the show. They're going to get rid of it a yeah. lot sooner than they did. You're not going to let it be a, a, a financial drain for four years. You know what? I, I can't do anything about it. I've got, yeah. uh, when I went on the air that yeah. particular night, I started the show out by saying, folks, this is it. 
you know, this is our 200th episode, and unfortunately, there's not going to be an episode 201. And we're going to get through this, and this is a, a management decision the, the station has made. And if you want to see SNR or something like it, you know, come back on the air sometime in the future. My post office box is, is waiting for you. Um, but again, I knew. But I, I stayed professional. I didn't bury anybody. I wanted to make sure that the show made the airwaves, and it did. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was it. Bittersweet. You know, trap door opens up. Slick Mick goes through the trap door. And uh, SNR's history after four years. Was there ever any concern that no matter what you did, that last show wasn't going to air? Or did you? No. Okay, no. so you, you felt like they were at least going to honor, hey, this is the last one. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, there's no question about the fact that if, if I would have said anything or looked into the camera, you know, w uh, with a, a skewed vision or made any comment, they wouldn't have aired it. Th there's no doubt in my mind if I would have made the slightest sarcastic reference. So in that sense, I just said, hey, this is it. You've been great. I love you all. And uh, hopefully we've entertained you for the last four years. And uh, we'll see you down the road. And Was there was there ever any thought to pitch it to another station? Like, do you feel like another station would have jumped on it if you would have brought it to them? You know, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't think so. You know, it SNR was kind of an anomaly. Well, not kind of. It was. Um, the other stations would have. They had WWF programming, mm -hmm. and uh, and Vince had pretty much an iron fist and a in a you know grip around the throat of a lot of the stations where they could not pick up another wrestling show. Okay, uh, so we were limited. Um, thanks to my friend Chris Dady, about a year later, you know, I started doing some stuff on cable access uh, called Slick Mix Body Slam Review. So in that sense, we're back on the air. We're promoting the local stuff. Um, but yeah, I when SNR when the the lights turned out, that was it. And a lot of people have said over the years, "Hey, do it again, bring it back. We'd love do to you, see." Yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel it would work in today's no. environment? No, absolutely not. Um, because I would answer the fan feedback questions from people. They would write in and say, "What happened to this guy?" Or what? What, what am I going to tell them that they don't that they don't know on the internet? Yeah. Seven seconds after it happens let alone seven weeks before it happens. Uh, so the day and age, mm -hmm. I couldn't surprise anybody. If I did a trivia contest and I said, hey, tell me, you know, what year did such and such, you know, all they got to do is boop, click, click Google, on the internet. Google and it, yeah. uh, they got their answer. In, in its day and time, uh, SNR was tremendous and classic. Mm -hmm. And not just, not because of me, because of, the concept of the show and how popular it was. And it was right place, right time, unique, um, trend set. I can't even say trend setting because nobody has done anything like it since. Right. So I'm, I'm freaking proud of SNR. Well, I, I think that's one of the reasons why it still resonates with people because it was one of a kind and nobody else has been able to replicate it. Maybe maybe nobody else has tried, but sometimes it is just the perfect storm of everything coming together. And you, I mean, yeah, right place, right time. So people still remember it fondly. Like I, I know people are still asking you, hey, you know, what about this on SNR? What about this? And hopefully this is kind of kind of encapsulated everything that was about SNR. And uh, hopefully everybody got, you know, if you got any questions or, you know, we missed something you want, yeah, we'll do another Q&A here shortly. So, I mean, we can always include it in there. But um, at the end of the day, I know we got a couple minutes left, Mick. H how do you want SNR to be remembered? Uh, Chris, kind of like I said, um, innovative, singular in what it did, um, honest as honest could be without completely breaking kayfabe. Um, definitely the, the fan-friendly, fan involvement. You know, letting people interact, hearing their names on television, 
yeah, having yeah. come into this ODB, we've mentioned this many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesse Creasa. Yeah, how did, how, did, how did that become a thing? How, how did Jesse Creasa get involved? She sent in a letter. Uh, her and her folks, and she's got a brother, Travis, they sent in, you know, can we be ringsiders of the week on SNR? And all of a sudden, little eight year old uh, future ODB is on there. And, uh, I don't want to say I started her career because she'll yeah. figure I'm, you know, out for some royalties or residuals <laughs> and she'll kick the living shit out of me. So well, both um, of them can be true. Both of those things can be true. Absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> again, in the scheme of things, uh, just remember SNR for what it was. We had fun with it. Uh, I've done a lot of shit in this business, but SNR was uh, that, that, that to me, that's, that's my puppy. Um, because they let me take the ball and run with it. And I'm grateful. Well, I know a lot of fans are grateful because fans still are asking about it. And when you've got something that people are asking about, you know, 30 plus years later, it'll be that you were onto something. You know, you, you were onto something and, you know, people loved it and people loved it, you know, that you did it correctly. All right, let's uh, go ahead and wrap it up here, Mick. Uh, let's go ahead and give our shout-outs, and then we'll uh, we'll take it home. Shout-out to the notorious Brad Breitzman. Now, Brad Breitzman has been a fan for a long, long time. At one time, he was a uh, he was a contributing uh, writer to a local newsletter. Uh, he's not doing that anymore, but Brad is not only a supporter of mine and independent wrestling, but he loves this podcast. And he listens to it all the time. Brad, we love you back, my friend. Shout out to you. And uh, I'm going to give it to my friend, John Shannon, even though I shouldn't after what he did to me at the reunion. What are you uh, doing? He, he completely punked me. You didn't know? No. Oh, John Shannon punked me hard. Uh, okay. So we're, you, you seriously don't know this. I do not know this. Okay. Here's, here's what happened. Like, you know, people are coming in and... You know, I'm trying to say hi to as many people as I can, but you know, I'm kind of running around like chicken with my head cut off. And John comes up. I'm like, hey, Jan, uh, you know, John, nice to see you. And he kind of looks at me he's like, who, who are you? I'm like, hey, John, you know, just, you know, nice to see And I'm like trying to be nice, right? I'm like, hey, you know, it's so great to see you because, I mean, I haven't seen him in a long time. I mean, if I haven't seen people in a long time, I'm grateful to see people. And he's like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know you. I, I, I don't, you need, you need to get away from me. I don't know who you are. And he's like looking around like he's helpless. And I'm like, fuck, what, what did I do? Did I just like insult him? And all of a sudden I could tell. And then I was like, you fucker, you, gotcha. you got me. And he just burst out laughing. And I'm like, I was so embarrassed. And I'm like, I hate you, but it's a brilliant prank. And well, it's it nice was, of you to give the shout out to him. It was great. I, I can't hate the hustle. I can't knock no. it. Like he completely punked me in front of a ton of people, and well, he embarrassed me. And a, and I got to give him credit because I didn't know. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed, but it was also really, really well done. Well, it's it's gregarious of you to put him over after he did that to you. And if it makes you feel any better, mm -hmm. I had people coming up to me and saying, who the hell are you? And they weren't punking me. <laughs> were they asking who you were or me? Because people right. you. you know, they say, hey, you know, check the marquee, you know, and uh, so. But, uh, you know, to John yeah. and Brad and everybody else that was at the reunion and listened to me rambling on this week, um, we are so grateful. You know, we've got, uh, you know, you said something at the reunion, Chris, about uh, when you graciously gave me the award about friends. And at the end of the day, that's mm -hmm. what it's all about is the friendship in this business. And we love everybody. Honest to God, we love yeah. you folks. This, this, I feel, Mick, we are in a community of AWA fans now. I, yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. this, this podcast, I don't want to say it kind of ignited it or it was a catalyst, but I feel like that community was always there, right? And I, we needed something to kind of bring everybody together. And I feel like we've got a community of 
wrestling fans that have gotten to know each other because of this podcast, that have met each other because of the reunion, and hopefully other things that we'll do in the future. That to me is is totally awesome that you've got this community of people. And one of the ways that you can join our AWA Un, uh, Unleashed fans page on Facebook, Brian and Brandon and Jeremy do an absolutely fabulous job in uh, in putting content up and, and making sure that if you want to be a part of it, uh, be a part of it. So I, I think that's also kind of one thing to, uh, to kind of piggyback off of that. So it, it's it's been a great couple of weeks with uh, being able to, you know, talk about the reunion and now SNR. And uh, now I, I think I'll uh, I think I'll let you get going. And um, I don't know. What are we going to do next week? Uh, I don't know. Are we going to be on next week? Oh, well, nobody's going to cancel us except for me. Don't tell Linda Brooke. Oops. <laughs>